Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Ramble. Today we're going to be discussing the unfortunate 3-1 loss against Man City. As ever, I'm joined by my co-rambler Dom. How are you, mate? You good? Uh, well, I'm caught in two minds, really. Uh, obviously, I'm deflated and after that disappointing result that we had yesterday. Um, but I always want to try and have a positive side to, you know, any any sort of result we have, good or bad. So I'm trying to be optimistic. Um, but yeah, definitely disappointed. Mm. How are you? Yeah, I think deflating is the, is the main take, isn't it? Like, not not just this game, like in particular, just the the last few games all compounded into one emotion, if you will. It's just all a bit ugh, like the loss at Everton, the draw at Brentford, yeah. and and then it's made it a lot worse uh, having dropped those points coming into this game. Um, so yeah, I just feel a bit eh. But yeah, let let's try and uh, yeah. Let's try and pick the bones out of it, and um, I'm sure there's plenty of positives to take. Um, so <laughs> let's get into the team sheets, as we always do um, on the podcast, on the post-match anyway. Um, so I suppose the big talking point is the fact that, you know, a few hours before kickoff, we had this um, news that Partey had picked up uh, a bit of a thigh injury, I think it was, in training um, mm. the day before. Uh was that a big blow for you? Oh, yeah, definitely. You see that that's a hammer blow to our team because of how, you know, integral party is to a whole build-up, our whole, um, you know, defensive work as well. He's, you know, an anchor in that midfield. So to lose him just before kickoff, you know, uh, it, it was mm. devastating, really. But, um, you know, we, we've got Jorginho in and we got him in from the January transfer window. So I was sort of excited to see how he would perform and how he would get on and, you know, at such short notice as well. So it, it was a real opportunity for him to get some minutes and uh, show that he's, you know, worth the transfer that we uh, we paid for yeah. him. But yeah, obviously I was really disappointed to see that Partey wasn't in the starting yeah. 11. Um, and we also had Tommy Asu. He came in for Ben White as well, yeah. didn't he? Um to be honest, I was I was all for this uh, this rotation just because Ben White he's been kind of under par in recent games, and I thought Tommy Asu, you know, he he's not really been given that much of a chance this mm. season. And last season, he was probably one of our best fullbacks, if not our best mm. fullbacks. So, yeah, I, I, I was happy to see Tommy Asu come into the fold. Um, were you happy as well? Or? I wasn't unhappy. But, you know, I, I think between the two players, there's not much in it. They're both really, really good uh, right-backs at the end of the day. Um, and, I, and I guess, like, Earlier in the season, we used Tommy Asu. This was at left back, but in in that big game against Liverpool, where it really it really sort of paid off, didn't it? Um, he, he managed Salah really really well. Um, so I think that was maybe in Arteta's thinking um, that Tommy Asu just sort of steps up in these big games. Um, and you know, Ben White's had a few little niggly games here, hasn't he? He's not been at his normal level. Um, there's no, you know. There's no diss on Ben White. He's, he's been amazing this season, but he's just not not quite been there. So I guess it made sense uh, to that degree. Um, it just it just didn't. It, it wasn't Tommy Asu's night, there, was it? At the end of the day. So now talking about it post match, you, you know hindsight's a wonderful thing, but you just can't 
help but think was he thrown in at the deep end and maybe he could have been integrated in an easier game um but uh yeah yeah, yeah definitely I, I I completely agree with you there, but it, it's always important to remember, like the way that you were feeling pre-match. I was completely yeah. all for it because, you know, you can always say in in hindsight, in retrospect, and you see a lot of people on Twitter say this as well, like, why on earth are we playing Tomiyasu when we've got Ben White? And it's like, you know, a few days ago, we've seen Ben White who wasn't performing very well, and people. Uh, and people were tweeting, why on earth are we not playing Tommy Asu when Ben White's underperforming? Yeah. So it's like, no matter what Arteta does, he's going to get criticism if that player doesn't yeah. perform well. And yeah, as you say, unfortunately for Tommy Asu, he had a bit of a stinker. Yeah, today, didn't I, he? I'm certainly not criticising Arteta. Like, it, it, it's a, you know, either way, it, it was a right call. They're both brilliant right backs. You can't really make a wrong decision. But yeah, it just wasn't his day. Um, made a, a few errors. Um, one in particular led to their first goal, obviously, the back pass. Um, just didn't quite see uh, De Bruyne mm. out at the corner of his eye. W- would you say Saliba could have done a little better uh, in anticipating this back pass and maybe sort of covering that um, De Bruyne run? Or do you think that's maybe being a bit harsh? I, d- I think it is a little bit harsh because... I think De Bruyne, with all of his football intelligence, I think he is he's expecting, you know, if this is mishit or underhit, then he's already on the move to try and mm. get that ball. But um, where I feel a bit sorry for Tommy Asu is just before he plays the ball, you actually see Arteta pointing back to Ramsdale um, as if to say to Tommy Asu, you know, play it back to the keeper and then we'll recycle mm. the ball because... Um, you know, if, if it's Ben White there, I think maybe he just hoiks that into Rose Ed. He just boots it out and then we reset. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think Tommy Asu, who is under a bit of pressure, I know he's um, meant to be really two-footed, but it was on his left foot, which isn't his dominant mm. foot. And it's a bouncing ball. He's running back. He's got pressure on his back. And he just, he doesn't really look and he misplaces the pass as well. And then De Bruyne is on his toes. And to be fair to De Bruyne, that is an absolutely spectacular mm. finish to score from there on his wrong foot yeah. as well. I, I think if there's any player on the pitch that you don't want that to fall to, it's Kevin De Bruyne. And unfortunately it did. And he, you know, he converted it. And that was pretty much the story of our mm. night, wasn't it? With Man City being super clinical. But I don't, I don't think Saliba was too much at fault for that. You know, I, I think... I think uh, especially in the first half with um, going man to man with Erling Haaland. I think Saliba did a pretty good job uh, at handling Haaland in the first half. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest, I think it was more when Haaland wasn't getting too much joy from Saliba in that first half. He kind of switched over to the other mm. side and he was. Uh, put more pressure on Gabriel and then that's where we eventually became unstuck. So, yeah, what, what do you think about the uh, Tommy Asu go- well, error? Um, you look, it's, it's just one of those things. You just It's going to happen uh, from time to time. You just hope it doesn't happen in these big games because, you know, it really hurts you. You, you can't afford to, to do it in these games. Uh, and on the flip side, you can't also afford to miss the chances that we, we get for, for you know that we get as well uh, we had, we had a few pretty decent mm-hmm. ones didn't we with um 
Eddie and Ketia, um, a few headed, a few headed um, sort of well miss headed opportunities if that makes sense <laughs> just he, he didn't quite get the right contact <laughs> is what i'm trying to say um and you know yeah. like in that man united game when we want, went one nil down we needed that goal and eddie provided yes it was a, a simpler header um but this was the sort of game where we really needed him to step up and just you know really finish one of these chances or you know just at least get him on target and work the keeper and just cause a bit of pressure um and um we just didn't yeah. see it. So that that was a, a big frustration for me in, in the first half because for me, I think we were the better team in that first half, um, marginally, but I think we, we were the better team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, especially in that first half, we, we controlled possession. We, as you say, we created a few chances, that golden opportunity for Eddie and Ketia between the sticks, which he should have converted. And uh, as we all know, if you let these chances go to waste, then... A top against a top quality team like Man City, they're going to punish you if you make any mistake. Um, and it was clear that Arteta had designed the team to only play out from the back and not to go long at all, which I know it, it is sensible against a team like Man City because if you give them the ball, you're not going to get it back for at least five, ten minutes because they are such a possession-based yeah. team. However... The way that they pressed as well, sometimes I think you've just got to... I, I don't like it when players ignore their manager, but sometimes you've just got to take it into your own hands. And if you feel like you're under pressure, then if you just boot the ball out, then you can reset and you can mm. defend it and then you can carry on. But yeah, I think we were under pressure by design from playing out from the back for the majority of the game. And... At certain points, we we had really good passages mm. of play, decent passing and moving. Most notably, actually, Jorginho. He he played he played really well today. Actually, I think if anything, he was one of our better players, which you know just shows you that he, he filled in part mm. issues quite well. Um, yeah, he was integral in the middle. Him, Xhaka, doing those little triangles with Zinchenko, uh, and that actually got us up the pitch one or two times. Mm. Um, and we'll be able to create some chances. But yeah, it, it definitely put us under pressure. And you could tell there was players like uh, Gabriel and Tommy Asu weren't too comfortable being constantly under pressure and uh, having to make those quick fast yeah. decisions. Yeah, I completely agree with Jorginho, actually. I thought before the game, I thought it was either going to be like an absolute disaster um, or it would go the other way and he'd have a, you know, a really good game. And, Thankfully, yeah, especially that first half, I thought he was really, really good. The only tiny little mm. niggle I had was he tends to overcommit himself quite a lot to, for the interceptions. And, you know, a handful of times he got it right, mm. but then there's a couple of times where he got it wrong and it sort of exposed our, our back line a little bit. Um, it, it didn't yeah. it cost us um, in one of those instances, but you could see how it potentially could have, you know. Um, but overall, I think yeah, he did really, really yeah. well for his for his full debut, off, off, you know, starting. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there was a couple of times as well. Most notably, um, he picked up really good positions, especially in our own box when Man City were attacking. He would just he wouldn't get sucked in. You'd see our back four go um, towards the Peno spot, and he'd stand sort of around that. 
um, edge of the box area where Man City, they cut the ball back. They, they, they like to go down the wings and cut the ball back. And he was in the right position just to gather the ball, gobble it up and then recycle yeah. it back out. And as you say, there were a few times as well uh, if, um, in the middle of the park where Man City were putting us under pressure and they were starting to pass through us and he would just intercept it and then it would turn over into an attack straight away. I think... Um, he actually intercepted the ball and I think it was Eddie Nketiah who he passed it through to who had a really good opportunity to uh, then pass it out to the left. I think it was yeah. to Saka, um, but he, he didn't take it and he, he went on his own, didn't he? And um, yeah. it didn't... Yeah. Yeah, didn't nothing came of it, but it's it's those that quick fire decision making that we need in our attacking players. You know, making the right decisions, and that's what you saw from Man City today, and unfortunately, what you didn't see from our four players today. So just before the end of the first half, we get a penalty, um, which Saka duly delivered on. Um, do you think? Well, one, do you think it was a penalty, and two? Do you think Edison should have had a yellow card? So, I think it absolutely is a penalty, 100%. Um, I don't think it matters that Eddie Nketiah has already taken the shot because, as you see, anywhere else on the pitch, if a player was to, um, you know, if a player was to pass the ball or to the ball was to then move on if a player then came flying into them they'd say oh that's a late challenge and they'd give a foul so why why would it be any different in the in the box you know if a goalkeeper makes that challenge and he completely takes Eddie and Ketier out then for me it's a stonewall penalty I don't think there's any two ways about it and the ref saw it and I think the ref was waiting to see if it if it was to go over the line or not first because I think you know if, if it does go over the line then he probably you know doesn't even think about it um but yeah definitely a penalty for me uh what, what was the other question <laughs> well basically i was watching the game in the pool and everyone was saying how has he not had a yellow card because he already had a yellow card oh, for, for time wasting i think maybe five ten minutes before that um the, it was so loud mm. in the pub and the commentary was turned down quite heavily i don't know why um so it was. I couldn't really understand whether that was even a, a topic of discussion, whether VAR, VAR even looked at it. But everyone was saying, "How is that not a yellow?" Um, and I've not really seen much talk about it on social media or, or amongst anybody else, to be honest. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on it, really. Mm. Yeah. So on the commentary, um, the, the the referee that they always rope into comment on these things when it comes up he gave a flippant response as they usually do which didn't really make any sense and he said the reason why it wasn't a second yellow card is because it was careless and not reckless which you know i just think that's really a, a bogus way of saying they can't explain why they didn't give a second yellow card so they're just going to use some terminology but for me i, I think You've got to give a yellow card there. You absolutely have to because if if Edison, for example, if he wasn't already on a yellow card, I think one hundred percent. If he gives that foul away, then the ref gives mm. him a yellow. Uh, I, I think that there's no two ways about it. He, he he's taking an inkatter out. He's given away a penalty, and it's mm. a yellow card. They would they would give a yellow card for that, but because he's already on a yellow I think in the spirit of the game and trying to keep it flowing 
you know, not ruin it as a contest and all that. But that shouldn't come into it. It should be the rules of the game. It should be a second yeah. yellow card. And for me, he should have walked. But um, yeah, that, that's what they said on their right. commentary. Careless, right. not reckless. Well, that's interesting. But, you know, I'm trying to make sure I'm coming at this from a, a non-biased point of view. But, you know, if, if Ramsdale had done that, ran out, both feet off the ground, takes out a player, impedes them from scoring the goal. Yeah, he gets a, a shot on target, uh, ish. But you know, it's a scuffed opportunity and easily, not easily, but cleared by Ake. Uh, but but that resulted in him not being able to shoot effectively. Essentially, he's just basically rugby tackled out the game, like both feet off the ground. I don't know how that isn't a yellow card. And like you say, I wonder if it was the fact that. He already was on a yellow card that, that played into the decision a little bit. But these are the things that really, really annoy me because it shouldn't. It shouldn't affect anything. Like, you know, we we, all, we, we were jesting about it in the previous podcast about how we're owed a bit of goodwill <laughs> um, because of the, uh, the the recent Brentford game where they with the lack of drawing the offside lines. Um, but, you know, that's clearly not... A thing, or, or it's clearly, it's clearly still in the minds of the referees where they're trying to to keep the game flowing and things like that. Because I don't, I just don't get it. Um, I really can't get my head around how that isn't a yellow card. It's so frustrating. Yeah, and and also going back to the terminology that he is using, the careless, not reckless thing. Does that mean if you make careless challenges, then you are unable to receive a yellow card? Because not every yellow card um, that's given is given for a reckless mm. challenge. There's a lot of yellow cards that are given for careless challenges, you know? Sometimes people just leave a leg in, like not thinking properly or that th- they don't always have malicious intent when they're making these yellow card fouls. Sometimes they just get caught off, off the ball and they pull up, um, accidentally get a tangle of legs and it's careless. Mm. They say, Oh, that was a careless challenge, a bit of a silly one, yellow card. So that, that for me is a cop out. And it just really bugs me when they always try and find these loopholes to explain the reason why they make the decisions, mm. try and dig them out. But it's, it's, it's just ludicrous. And also talking about yellow cards, Bernardo Silva in that first half should have received a yellow card way before he actually did yeah. receive yellow card. And I know this sign sounds kind of minor, but it really isn't because he was up against Bukayo Saka on that side and Bukayo Saka had him on toast. <laughs> and every single time he was getting near him, he was pulling him down, he was tripping him over, he was making fouls on Saka. And if Bernardo Silva had received the yellow card for maybe his first four challenges, then, you know, he's on walking on eggshells for the rest of it. So uh, by the time he actually received his yellow card, he should have already had maybe two. So yeah. what do you yeah, think no, about it's that? so true. And, and again, everyone in the pub was screaming for it. Um, like, how, how is he getting away with this? Um you know, second time he should have been booked because it was clear that he was he was doing it to bring him down to stop the break. You know, you can't just keep doing that repeatedly. You know, you get away with it on you know for the first time maybe, but but not the second. Um, yeah, it's annoying because I I hate just talking about refs all the time because it does just bore me a little bit. But you can't help but but wonder, <laughs> you know, if these little things have gone our way. 
could we have been could we have been looking at a, a different scoreline? Um, especially if they've gone down to ten men, you know that that that's changes the game completely. Obviously, um, yeah, and it's interesting what you say about um, the what was the the two terms that the refs uh, used? Um, Careless, yeah, not reckless. Um, this is another thing that 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 happens with referees. They seem they seem to sort of tarnish certain players. Xhaka is the cliche example of, um, you know, if Xhaka made that foul, he seems to be tarnished with that reckless uh, tagline. Whereas somebody like a Bernardo Silva, or it could just be careless because, you know, he's, he's not that sort of player. So it becomes like a... a yeah, it just needs yeah, it becomes like a different call just based off like unconscious bias in the, um, in the ref's mind. So I do think that has played into you know into it a little bit which again it shouldn't yeah. do yeah uh, one thing that I would say is if we cast our minds back to the Arsenal versus Man City game last January uh, um, at the Emirates Gabriel got sent off and his second yellow card wasn't reckless it was for a, a careless shoving like a careless um coming together at the at the halfway yeah. line wasn't it that wasn't a reckless challenge but he got given a second yellow card for that because it was careless and then we were down to 10 men so you know where's the consistency here it, it's not like it swings and roundabouts and one game you're going to get it and one game you're not it seems like we get in the, the 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 rough end of it all the time, and it, it's really really yeah. frustrating. Um, and as you say, I, I hate talking about refereeing mm. decisions, but it just seems like we we get in yeah. so much bad luck recently. I think if we're to give any kind of uh, real credit to the VAR and the refs from last night's game. They actually made a, a pretty good call on um, when Gabriel gave away a penalty um, on Haaland and to then look back and see that he was marginally offside in the build-up. So it wasn't given as yeah. a penalty. So if you're going to give them any credit, that's what VAR is for. You know, offside, it's not down to interpretation as we should have seen in the Brentford game. Um, and they, yeah, they saw that it was offside and it was ruled out. So that's what VAR is for and what it should be implemented yeah. to do. But, you know, apart from that, there was a Yeah, a that, that was a proper today. sigh of relief moment, wasn't it? Like, we were proper under the cosh at that point as well, weren't we? And I was just thinking, yeah, they're going to capitalise now. And, you know, is Gabriel going to be in trouble with, you know, a booking or whatever? Um but oh no, he did get a booking, didn't he? But it got taken back. So, so um, yeah. Mm. Um, thankfully, that worked out there. But as it should, he was clearly offside, and they still took about five minutes to, to decide that one. <laughs> um, um, but going back to Saka's penalty, like I just want to, you know, the, the the silver lining and it all. It, what a well taken penalty because Edison was really trying to get into his head, wasn't he? He was probably pointing down at that. Um, at the corner that he actually ended up slotting it in uh, as if to say, I'll oh, put it here, put it here, you know, mind games and all that. Saka was just like, yeah, all right, I'll put it there for you. <laughs> Edison dived the other way. So I really like that from Saka. And um, just before, yeah, because um, Odegaard was the one sort of shielding the ball, taking all the flack from the players and then and then handed it to Saka to take take the penalty out. I wondered, uh, is Jorginho going to take it? Because uh, we all know this, you know, the, the little mm-hmm. stigma around him with penalties. But um, I'm glad Saka got that one. And hopefully um, he can sort of use that as a little bit of fuel to kick on a little bit because uh, I think he's deserved a goal uh, recently and he's, he's not been on the score sheet much. 
No, no, he hasn't. And it's good that he's, uh, he's scored again and hopefully he'll be able to kick on in, in our next run of fixtures. Um, but yeah, I, I do really enjoy that when you see a goalkeeper pointing to a corner and then the player actually goes for that corner and they score because it, it just, it leaves them with egg on their face, really, yeah. doesn't it? Because, you know, if he goes the other way and then Edison saves it, then it's like, oh, well, you know, I tricked you mind games. But, you know, Saka... He proper mugged him up yeah. there, so I was happy, happy to see that happen. <laughs> but um, so after half time, um, and we had been pretty dominant in the first half in, in terms of the way that the teams were set up. Pep actually made a few tweaks to his system. Uh, I think he realised that Bernardo Silva was getting overrun on that side, uh, and then he he brought it back to a back four, didn't he? And then he had. Ake being more of the left back uh, against Saka, and I, I feel like his initial shape starting the game was the wrong shape. Whereas after he made those changes, it did start to nullify us. Yeah. Uh, we were we were struggling to then break them down. Oh, massively! We? Yeah, that that substitution really did work, didn't it? And it, it's frustrating because I looked at our bench to what what could we do to combat that, and it just wasn't. There was no real real clear obvious choice was there that we could that we could do in fact I was looking with the substitutions that we actually made what were you what are your thoughts on that because for me he's made the same sort of substitutions that he's made in the in the last two games uh, at Brentford and, and Everton that, that just haven't worked you know Vieira has been and I don't I hate to say it but it's just been awful uh, coming in he's had no impact whatsoever off the bench um, Trossard's done well hmm. um but it's like for like, you know. Um, I, I want to see something that's that we you know we're chasing a game here. I want to see something attacking, um, more attacking. Um, I, I just wondered, you know, could could we have got um, a Tierney on on the pitch for for, for Xhaka and, and pushed Zinchenko up a little bit further, um, you know, something like that, or or maybe mm. put Trossard in 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 the midfield, or or something, uh, just something to mix it up a little bit, and just I really just I, if there's one weakness in Arteta at the minute, it's his substitutions for me. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree with you there, and I feel like somewhere where we kind of went wrong in this game was taking off Martinelli uh, because I don't think he was having a bad game. I think he just wasn't getting the correct service because there were two, three, four different times where uh, Xhaka or Zinchenko could have played him through and they just delayed and delayed and they uh, dilly-dallied on the ball and eventually the chance had gone uh, and there wasn't the opportunity to then play him through. But I, I felt like if you could have either a Trossard or someone of that ilk to then be dovetailing with Martinelli on that side, then we would have might have had a bit more joy over there. Um, Kyle Walker, he was on a yellow yeah. card, so if you've got you know two tricky players that are zipping round you, maybe maybe even because Inketia was having a bit of a bad game, maybe drop him and change him for Trossard and then have Trossard, Saka and Martinelli all dovetailing and, you know, linking up together and breaking them down. But yeah, I feel like he made the wrong choices really. And we just became too rigid. Vieira, disappointing. 
Um, and Trossard, he, he looked all right, mm. to be fair, um, as he always does. He, he, you know, it does what it says on the tin with Trossard. Um, but I think it was the wrong choice taking him off for Martinelli yeah. in this particular game because I feel like we needed all the firepower that we could get and we were just making a like-for-like switch, really, yeah. weren't we? So that was... That was unfortunate. Yeah, I completely agree. We we just need to have some sort of other option that that can um, really kick us on and and maybe just find that extra little little dynamic. And I actually thought Martinelli had a really good game. This is we said it in the preview podcast, didn't we? Um, this could be the sort of game that that plays to his strengths a little bit more. Um, and I, I think he did that. I think I think he did really well. Um, so. To take him off, not for me. That was a, a silly yeah. decision. Yeah. So, should we talk a little bit about the second goal that Man City yeah. scored? And this was another gift from Arsenal, really, wasn't it? We, we, we'd been under pressure um, whilst we were in possession. We couldn't really play it out from the back four. Uh, and we, we were trying to. We were doing everything within our power to uh, play out from the back. And it was just a really silly back pass yeah. from Gabriel, wasn't it, to basically threw a ball, um, it, passed it to Bernardo Silva, who then played a nice three ball to Haaland, who then um, passed it across Gundogan, put it on a plate yeah. for Grealish, didn't he? And then I think we were quite unlucky because it just takes a nick off Tommy Asso on the way through, which just bounces it over Ramsdale's yeah. hand or else I think Ramsdale Definitely. would have saved that. But it was our own undoing. Oh, yeah. Yet again, you know, you know, you can't afford to, to give Man City these these little chances because they will punish you. Um, and and this what is what adds to the frustration because we've just we've just gifted them these two goals out, out of not nothing because they were putting the pressure on us, um, but we were we were coping with it, and then to concede in this manner, it's just it's just really really frustrating. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think Ramsdale would have had that because it wasn't the best shot from Grealish, um, to be honest. Um, the, the angle would have been tight and it was obvious he had to go in that far corner. I think Ramsdale would have had it. Um, Tommy Asu, like, you can't blame him too much, can you, to be honest? Um, you know, he's 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 got to try and clear it, but if you're going to try and clear it, you've got to make con- proper contact with it. You can't be... Um, that that can't that can't happen. Um, so I'm sort of a bit torn with it, really. I don't. It's a, it's a tough one. Yeah, I think I think if you're going to try and make a block from a shot, you've got to you know get your feet on the ground as in make yourself a block. Do you know what I mean? You you can't just stick a leg out because yeah. there's always the chance that it can deflect and then whatever ha- just happened. Then I think um, was it Peter Schmeichel who used to absolutely rage at players. He used to say. If you're going to try and make a block, make sure you make the block because otherwise I want to see the ball. I want to see where it was going. I don't want any yeah. deflections. Um, but yeah, that, that's exactly what happened there. And it it is frustrating because Man City weren't really breaking us down. We were... We were really breaking them down too much either. It was kind of like a, a slugging match at that mm. point where neither team were breaking each other down. But... For it to come from a, a silly mistake like that, it's in, in in such a massive game as well. It is really infuriating, but it, it, it's one of those things where it's like 
what, what, how are they going to change that? You know, you're going to go back to the training ground on Monday or whatever. And, um, oh, it was midweek game. So training, ma- training match today. <laughs> and then you say, well, how, what can you say to your player? You can't say to them, oh, can you make sure you don't pass it to the opposition? Opposition, mm. Because they know that. It's not something that they need to be taught. Yeah. It's, it's just a rash decision that he made. In, uh, and unfortunately... <laughs> We got punished, and as you said, that was that, that was the tale of the game today. There, there were very few chances through either side, um, but the chances that we had, we weren't clinical. The chances that they had, they were super clinical, and I think that shows you the bridge between us and Man City at the minute. You know, I think we're a great team. We've got great potential and very high ceiling, um, but Man City are just on another yeah. level. They're a world class team, probably been the best team in Europe over the last four or five mm. seasons. So for us, in a way, to go toe-to-toe with them and outperform them for the first half, and but for some stupid defensive errors, it, it is encouraging yeah. in a way um, that we have definitely elevated our level of performance um, over the last couple of seasons. But, you know, we've it, it just reflects that we have some serious work to be able to yeah, get to that there's, level. There's still serious work to be done. But yeah, like you say, there's there's so much encouragement, especially with the fact that they're all such young players with 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 that room to develop and, and grow and learn from these sort of errors. Um and so and the and the occasion as well can get to players of, of this sort of age. So um yeah, there's there's massive positives to take. Um we, we kind of went toe to toe to them in the FA Cup as well, to a degree. So it, it it's not just a one off. We've we've done it twice, but Unfortunately, we paid the price twice as well. So it's it, it's just um, hopefully something we can learn from and um, and move on from. Um, it, it's it's frustrating, but but it is what it is. So going going into the second half a little bit more, would you say that there was was there many clear opportunities to to get it back to two two, or do you think that it sort of deflated us a little bit and 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 sort of knocked the wind out of our sails? Oh yeah, yeah. It, it it was like a sucker punch, really, wasn't it? Because it felt like after we'd equalised, we were just trying to build and build to then hopefully try and break them down and create the perfect opportunity. But we weren't really having many opportunities at all. And yeah, as soon as as soon as we had that goal that we conceded, it was you could see the boys' heads start to drop because they'd been pegged back once, and then they you know they'd fought so hard to get back the equaliser for then for it to then happen again. It is you know it's a it's a real mental battle to try and drag yourself out of that yeah. hole to be able to go again against Man City and especially when once they'd changed the shape you know we, we were struggling to play against that mm. as well so I think I think it was always going to be a struggle as soon as you conceded and you know not too long after they ended up getting their third yeah. didn't they which was another. You know, they didn't have many opportunities, but they really did, you know, finish this one quite well. And I think De Bruyne was able to have too much license and drifting um, down that side. And then with his quality, pulled the ball back to Haaland, who, you know, yeah. does what Haaland does and scores. And I, I thought we'd done well to keep him out for the majority of the game, but it just seems inevitable that he's going to score, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and, and looking at that, that, that's the big difference, isn't it, between 
our number nine and, and their number nine is he gets a little a little sniff of a chance and he he takes it. Um, what can you do about that? There's there's nothing. Um, whereas that you know there's no no gripe on Eddie. I think he's done really well since coming in, but it, there's it, there's poles of, mm. of, of difference between the two players. Um, and I think it's that that is one of the main differences in this game is just we didn't have somebody to finish off our our chances that we really needed to take and at, at such crucial points in the game. So yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think there was maybe a case that Harlan shouldn't have even been on the pitch, though, um, at that at that time to be able to score that goal? Because I know we've already talked yellow cards and potential red cards and things, but I think this was another scenario where Harland could have maybe got himself sent off. Um, it was a few minutes before that goal that he scored. He, Him and Gabriel, they had that coming together and um, there was words exchanged afterwards. Yeah. And then not long after then, Haaland puts a pretty nasty elbow into the back of Gabriel's yeah. head. And from the first initial replay, it looks like he just kind of slaps him with his hand and then there's a bit of a follow through. But then when you see the next angle, Haaland's actually running in. He takes a look at Gabriel, knows exactly where he is, jumps up, elbows up, right into the back of his yeah. head and he knows what he's doing and mm. so I don't know if that would be classed as reckless <laughs> not careless but it yeah. wasn't my it wasn't yeah. my book and, it, and this was just after the penalty incident that wasn't awarded eventually through VAR wasn't it so it was clear frustration from the mm. fact that he got away with that so he, he got a little bit of a dig in at, at Gabriel after that so yeah, yeah, you got a point. You know, I, I haven't really thought about that too much, to be honest. So he was already on a yellow card before, was he? No, he wasn't on a yellow card, but I meant, you know, just for oh, misconduct. Yeah. You know, he's elbowed someone in the back of the yeah, head. So in red. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, we just didn't get the rub of the green with things like that, did we? Today, it's um, I, I, we're never going to get stuff like that. I don't. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's clutching at straws a little bit. Though, yeah, really, wasn't yeah, it? exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I think if you're to take this game in isolation, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to lose to the champions. Um, you know, with all the quality and wealth and depth, um, I think it just hurts so much more the fact that we we've had such disappointing performances leading up yeah. to this game. I think, you know, we've we've been on cloud nine for so long at the top of the league with points separating us for us to then drop points at Everton, drop points at Brentford. And then for the game that we uh, then knocked off the top of the table to be against second place, it does just feel that much worse. Yeah. But, you know, there's still a lot of football to play. We've got a favourable fixture list coming up in the next nine or ten games or so. We've got a game in hand. You know, we're still joint top of the league. So it's not time to get the pitchforks out and start setting Arteta out. And, God, no. you know, we've got Gabriel Jesus, who's who's soon to come back. We've got Emil Smith-Rowe, who's soon to come back, hopefully, unless he gets injured again. Um, but, and obviously, Thomas Partey will come back into mm. the fold once he's come back from his injury. So... There's a lot to be optimistic about. Um, it's not all doom and gloom, but it just feels like that at the minute. Yeah, yeah, massively. Um, but I think you you hit the nail on the head. It, it, as, a, as a broad view, um, it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, the, the worst thing is the fact that we've lost these previous games and um, drop points in in games that we we should have really picked up three points in. Um, but like you say, we've still got a game in hand. 
Um, and there's a lot of football to play. They're not going to win every single game. And we've still got to go to their place. I know a lot of people will think, oh, got to go away. You know, it makes it even harder. <laughs> but like you say, Jesus will be back then. Um, we'll have Partey playing. We'll have Smith Rowe as an option. You know, it will be a bit of a different game and, and hopefully we could have learned from these lessons and um, just be a little bit bit more streetwise and a, a bit more mentally tougher. Um, so hopefully um, we can get three points away uh, and, and nullify each other out in terms of any, any points gained on one another. So, but I wouldn't focus on it too much. I think we just need to take each game as it comes now and it really sort of emphasizes the importance of this upcoming fixture against Villa because that on paper is a is a very winnable team. Um does that worry you a little bit? Maybe the return of Unai Emery, he's already haunted Arteta once in the uh in the Europa League. Do you think um how do you think that game's going to go? Well, there's definitely like a narrative already there about the whole Unai Emery coming back in um potentially haunting his old team and things like that. So they're definitely going to try and bring that up. But there's not that many Unai Emery players left in the team, to be honest. So yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think they'll have too much of a, of a gripe about that. But yeah, there's going to be a bit of needle to that game. Um, but every game in the Premier League is difficult. And we've done so well to win so many already this season. But if we're going to be going toe-to-toe with Man City points-wise in the table, then these are the games that you've got to win, you know? Mm. So, fingers crossed, we can get the job done. And hopefully we can get the job done in the next seven or eight fixtures. Because if we are to go on a little winning streak after this, you know, bit of a dip in form in the season, then we could be we could be right back up there and it will almost be forgotten about. So you, you can't lose faith just yet. You know, it's still joint top. I know it feels mm. deflating and it's horrible to keep saying it, but we can't No, cope. no. And there's a nice little quote from the King himself, Thierry Henry as well, that, that sort of is just trying to boost morale a little bit for the Arsenal fans. And um, essentially it's, they came to your place as in City, they beat us. Can Arsenal now show how they can respond? Can they go to Villa and rectify that? They just need to stay calm. We lost against a great team. We need to keep our composure. It doesn't mean everything has to go to the bin. We've still got a game in hand. And it's just very much like, it's just sort of look into the positives. You know, if, we'd have, mm. if we'd have been offered this opportunity to be here at the start of the season, no Arsenal fan would have turned that down. You know, we've got, we're in a great position. We just need to... <laughs> Reset, recalibrate. I think, um, and look at all the positives. Uh, you know that. We, how many t- how many times have we been in this position before in the last in the Emirates era? That, you know we haven't really. You know, apart from maybe that Leicester season where we were in with a shout. But um, yeah, I, th- I think we need to just look to the positives now and use that as as our morale and, and not get ourselves stuck in a rut about what's just happened because it's in the past now. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. And, and the thing is as well, it, it's all about um, the timing of games and things like that as well. Because for example, 
if you know if Man City hadn't played an extra game, then we'd still be three points ahead of them. So we'd be looking at this game going, oh well, well we still got three more points on the board. We just need to not slip up anymore. But because they've already played an extra game and it knocks us off the top, it makes us panic a little bit. And then if you think of it another way, for example, if we were chasing Man City and at this point of the season we managed to draw level with yeah. them on points, um, but they've got an extra we've got an extra game in hand we would be looking at the table thinking we've got a real yeah. chance here you know we would join top and we've got an extra game in hand like we it, it, it's all dependent on the run of fixtures that you've just had the whole mood around exactly, the camp yeah. but if the boys can put all of that out of their minds just be professional get the job done against Villa and then go by, game by game like we have been doing then of course yeah. we're in with a shot Okay, um, I think that's pretty much everything. Is is there anything else we've missed or anything else you'd like to, to add before we finish up? Um, no, not really. I, I'm just a bit disappointed today, but quietly optimistic about yeah. the weekend. Okay, well, I hope that wasn't too deflating for everybody and uh, and uh, it's provided you with some form of solace. Um, I know it was difficult, but... Um, Hopefully it has. Uh, we've got an upcoming game against Villa, as we've just spoke about. That's the early fixture on Saturday, I believe. So we've got a chance to get three points in before Man City and put a little bit of pressure on them. So fingers crossed we can get something in that game. The podcast for that uh, should be out sort of Saturday evening time, uh, maybe late afternoon. So keep your eye out for that. But as always, thanks for listening and take care. Take care.